Hi, you're listening to Coffee Talk. I am your host, Liv Alliston. Today, we are starting a series called Living with Open Hands, and I'm really excited about it. It's something that God has been teaching me over the last year and a half, and I have a quote here by Corey Ten Boom. It says, "Everything, hold everything loosely in your hands. Otherwise, it hurts when God pries your fingers open. And so basically, that's the concept of this series, Living with Open Hands, is that we trust God with everything in our lives and every area of our lives and you know, fully live with open hands, submitting to his sovereignty. And so today we're specifically talking about living with open hands in regards to your finances and your resources, your money. And we have Jessica here with us as well uh, to have a conversation about that. Hi, Jessica. Hello. Yes. And I'm so excited to do this. And what's awesome is, so this quote I originally heard like, gosh, it was probably two, three years ago, maybe a little bit more. I was doing a study at church and, um, Lisa Turkhurst used this in one of her studies and it was the first time I had ever heard it. And I went home and told my husband immediately about it. And I was like, Oh my gosh, have you ever heard this? He was like, no, but gosh, what perfect sense it makes. Mm -hmm. And so that's really, that's why I'm so excited to do this because this has really been something that's been on our hearts for the past few years and, um, something we have really been trying to live out, which is a daily struggle. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) So I think first, let's just go straight to scripture. And I want to talk about a couple of instances in scripture where um, God's people were called to live with open hands. I mean, well, technically all of God's people are called to live with open hands, but I want to pull out a couple of instances. And so the first thing that comes to mind is uh, Exodus chapter 16. The Israelites have been called out of Egypt um, across the Red Sea, and they're wandering in the desert. (laughs) And during this period in the desert, they are basically being trained by God to obey him and learning how to be his people, holy and righteous and set apart. And so in Exodus 16, it's the story of manna from heaven. So if you don't know the story, they're hungry, they don't have any food, it's a desert, so there's obviously not a lot of food options. (laughs) And God provides food for them by raining down manna, which is bread mm-hmm. from heaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, what does it say? The food of the angels. Mm-hmm. I think there's a scripture mm-hmm. that says that. So that sounds delicious to me. I'm a bread girl. Mm-hmm. So he rains down this manna from heaven and he tells them to only gather what they need for their families that specific day. And that if anybody gathers too much for the next day, trying to take things into their own hands, right? Mm-hmm. Take, take control back um, out of fear. Then whenever they woke up the next day, that extra manna had was moldy and had maggots mm-hmm. and you couldn't it was inedible and so he was basically teaching them that he provides manna for today mm-hmm. and teaching them how to obey him in little ways uh, so that they could then obey him in the big mm-hmm. stuff i really love that picture when you think about it it's it's not even a small thing because you think of oh, you know trusting for food there's mm-hmm. there's bigger things that people trust god for but food represents our livelihood. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you don't have food, if you don't eat, if you don't drink water, then you you die. die. (laughs) So um, really, it was a very fundamental thing that he was Mm -hmm. teaching them to trust him in. Mm -hmm. But how quickly do we, in all areas of our life, how quickly do we um, not trust him? That we just think, oh, well, you know, I've got this. I can handle this part. I may need him for this later. Mm -hmm. But, and so the storing up, you know, they may not have even honestly thought in their heads that it was even that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. But, you know, God so graciously is showing them 
you know, like you said, it's a simple thing, but it is so big that in every little aspect of our life, whether it's our finances, our children, our family, our job, our homes, our friends, everything, everything that we rely on in life that we have to rely on him for all of those things. And in today's society, honestly, finance, finances and provision and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's, that's just huge. And I think that is such a big struggle for a lot of people. I mean, honestly, I have struggled with that for sure in the past. Well, and it's hard because I mean, there's actually more references in the Bible to the love of money than there is to, to prayer and faith. Matthew 6, 25-34, I'm not going to read all of it, um, but the gist of it, it's a Sermon on the Mount, and it's Jesus speaking, and it's basically saying, don't worry about anything, but you know, seek God first, and then he's going to provide what you need. Like mm-hmm. He says that he, he gives food to the birds, and he clothes the flowers of the field, so how much more will he do for you? Mm-hmm. And I just keep thinking with my kids, there's there's nothing that I wouldn't do mm-hmm. for them. Even when my son disobeys, I'm still going to provide f- mm-hmm. for him. I mean, he's my son. Yeah. And I'm imperfect, highly, highly imperfect. And when you think he's our good father, mm-hmm. our perfect father, he's going to do even even more abundantly mm-hmm. uh, what we can even, or what we are even capable of. Absolutely. And that's such a good example. I We actually, we've had a pastor who, he has said that in the past before. I remember him telling that story of how he actually gave the example of his daughter and how, you know, they struggled with certain areas with her. And he was like, still would never deprive her of certain things. Like, you know, yes, of course she may get punished and get something taken away or whatever. But he was saying, you know, how as a father though, I still love her and I still want the best for her. And I still would, you know, help supply those basic needs. So you think about that as the heavenly father, as perfect as he is and as wonderful as he is, how could we not rely on him for everything? How could we think that the creator of the universe who literally is giving me the air in my lungs to speak at this present moment, that he would not provide everything that I need. And that doesn't mean everything I want or everything that I desire, but everything that I need. And to me, that's just, that is so moving when you think about that. Like, it's and, and honestly, a lot of the things, the things that I think I desire or want, he says no because he's doing that because he loves me and he's even protecting me in that way. So I just think that's so sweet. Yeah, and I think too, you know, just this whole concept of God as a good father, we have to be secure mm-hmm. that we are finding our identities in him, mm-hmm. that I am a daughter of God or son, mm-hmm. you know, sons of God. Because if we don't believe we are sons and daughters of God, then of course we're going to not trust that he's mm-hmm. got our best in mind. Of course, we're not going to trust that he's going to provide and meet our basic needs. Mm-hmm. It's If you don't truly believe that, then why mm-hmm. why would you expect him yeah. to meet And then needs? that's when the worry and the doubt and all that stuff sets in. And we had a pastor recently who came to our church, and he did a guest speaking. And I there was one thing I took away from that sermon probably more than anything. And he said, worrying is a mild form of atheism. Ooh. So true, because what you're doing when you're worrying is you don't think God has it. You're not yep. trusting him fully with, and honestly, sp- speaking of right now, I'm thinking of finances, but, and I'm kind of a worrier in a lot of areas of my life that I, God has really, 
I didn't even think I worried about. And then things start happening and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so worried. Why am I so worried about that? You know, like just those little things he reveals to us so sweetly and kindly. But I haven't ever worried much about our finances. Like that really never was like a true worry. Not that we make a lot of money by any stretch, but I just never really worried about it. And so um, I've always had kind of a freedom in that. But it's so it, it it's a freeing thing when you can say, God, you've got this. Like I know you have this. I'm not even gonna worry about that. Like mm-hmm. if if I'm not supposed to have that, then I won't have it. Like just having that ease of mind of knowing, hey, I'm good either way. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, no, it does. I so I I grew up in a single parent household and my mom had several jobs to try to make ends meet. And so money was always kind of a thing Mm -hmm. and I even helped with the finances when I was younger like I helped pay bills and pay you know Mm -hmm. stuff like that so I was doing that at a young age and uh, my mom tells this story I don't remember how old it was I want to say I was maybe five or six and we're at the grocery store and my sister wanted to buy this ball she always loved balls she ran away one time in the grocery store (laughs) we found her in the ball aisle and we just knew she was there and she wanted this ball, and I said, no, Gabby, we can't do that. Mom only has $14 to last us for two weeks. And so, I mean, that was just always kind mm-hmm. of a constant thing that we dealt mm-hmm. with. And I, of course, it wasn't fully on my shoulders because mm-hmm. I was the child. So that was a little different when we, you know, I, I got married, and then I became a person to support somebody else. Mm-hmm. And so it was always kind of in my mind. And we, I do the finances in our house. And lately, so you see those numbers daily. I see the Mm -hmm. numbers. And Mm -hmm. when you see the numbers, Mm -hmm. it's just like, I'm reminded of the scripture. uh, When Jesus calms the storm, Peter gets out and walks on the water Mm -hmm. in the storm. And he looks at the wind and the waves and he takes his eyes off of his savior Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. he starts to fall. And that's what I tend to do Mm -hmm. I'm getting better about that and I'll tell more about that later but that's what I tend to do is I see the black and white so I see Mm -hmm. or the red I guess (laughs) (laughs) and um, I see all the numbers Mm -hmm. and how it's not going to add up and Mm -hmm. so that is my wind and waves sometimes and Mm -hmm. it gets my focus off of my provider mm-hmm. uh, who, who promises to meet my needs. Like you said, not my every want and desire, mm-hmm. but my needs. Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing too, is I feel like a lot of times we can get into the comparison game mm-hmm. and well, God's blessed them so much more than he's blessed me and try to figure out why, like, is it something I've done wrong? But that again, puts that bad. It's a performance oriented mm-hmm. belief system that puts mm-hmm. everything back in your control. Like mm-hmm. I control God because I gave this much money or I mm-hmm. do this much for the church or whatever. And that's not how it works, but we cannot compare with other believers mm-hmm. because when you think about it from a parent's perspective, God is a good father and he's mm-hmm. a perfect father. I don't parent or discipline or even bless my kids in the same way because they're different people. Mm-hmm. And so you can't train them up in the same way because mm-hmm. they're just, you, you, every, every, per, every kid is different. Every person mm-hmm. is different. And God is the perfect good father knows that each mm-hmm. of us are different. And so each of our journeys are different and we can't compare and get mm-hmm. into that game. It stirs up discontentment mm-hmm. and it stirs up anger and resentment at God. And it reveals mm-hmm. that we really don't trust that he is good mm-hmm. and that he has our best in mind. So switching gears a little bit, uh, Jessica and I each with our husbands, we've been kind of in a, different seasons, her longer than I, 
um, of trusting God, you know, putting this into practice basically and living with open hands with our finances. And it's been really difficult, at least speaking for myself, I believe for you. And so we basically mm-hmm. just wanted to share with you a little bit of our journey with this and how we've been struggling well through this process of living with open hands. Do you want to go first? Sure. So absolutely. Um, a few months before we got married, uh, my husband was um, let go from his job. It wasn't anything he had done wrong or anything. They were just getting rid of the certain department area that he worked in. They were getting rid of that part of the company. And so what he did was he had to start sending out resumes and everything. Again, this was right before we got married and we had just signed papers for a house. So let me say that real fast. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so we have a house that's being built. He had already signed papers. Two, it was just a few weeks, a few, maybe even a couple days after we assigned papers, he gets the phone call that they were going to have to let him go. So then he comes to tell me and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to freak out. Like this is, this will be fine. Like this will be fine. Like I, and I have had this, I had this mindset too early on in our marriage that like God's always provided. God's always been good. Like nothing terribly awful has really ever happened to me in my life up to that point. And so I'm thinking, oh, God's got this. Like, it's going to be totally fine. Like, I'm not even really worried about it. So lo and behold, Bryson actually starts his own little company. You could say Um, he's in sales. He starts working and everything and he's doing really, he's doing okay. He's doing fine. But when we got back from our honeymoon, I had not started a job yet. I was starting on Monday. We'd gotten back on a Saturday. And I would be starting my job then. I'm actually still in college at this point. Bryson has just started his new job and only been at it about a month. And so it's all commission-based. We have no idea what we make month to month, still 11 and a half years later. And when we got back from our honeymoon, we only had $20 in our bank account. I remember that so like vividly. Like, okay, we have to get groceries. We have to pay bills. There's $20. Yes, we know money will be coming because we are working, but it's not here yet. So what do we do? And it's so crazy because as I say, I'm a warrior in a lot of areas, always have been. But when it came to that, for some reason, I just had such a peace that I was like, you know, God's got this, like, it's going to be fine. And throughout our marriage, he really has, there would be some months I remember specifically that it would come down to within pennies of what we exactly needed to pay bills and to buy groceries and just provide for those daily needs. Not the ones, not the extras or anything like that, but just the daily needs. Things started happening in our marriage. Kids started coming and more expenses and things like that. And so we really had to start tightening up the budget even more. And again, like I said, we're still going on a commission-based income where we don't know what we make month to month. So we get to have that budget talk at least once a month whenever that check comes in. That's special. Yes, it is so much fun. We're constantly looking at it. But like I said, about three years ago, when we heard that quote, or when I heard that quote, when we came home, Bryce and I really talked about that. And we're like, gosh, what does that look like? Like, what is the application in our daily life? How can we really apply that and live that out of having the open hands and not holding on to things? And one of the big things was Bryson had always felt like the Lord had told him, work hard and just ask for my blessings just work hard. Like that was kind of his thing. Like just do, do what you're asked to do. And that's what he's always done. And so when it came to this, our whole thought was, okay, Lord, like we're living open palmed and we're just going to seek you on this. So whatever you provide for us, that is our daily portion. And we're going to be good with that. No matter what that meant, if that meant we needed to downsize, if that meant we needed to pay cash for cars to not have car notes, if that meant all of these different things that God just really started laying on our hearts, like, Hey, you're going to start doing things differently than the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. And 
it was crazy at first. And I know there were some people that had made comments to us at first, you know, at first about it. And it was, um, it was a little crazy. Recently, we have, um, we actually downsized and added a child, which was crazy within the past three years. <laughs> we had a backwards. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, but it was something that we totally felt the Lord was calling us to do. And I know people around us thought we were crazy and probably still think we are crazy, but we just had such a strong conviction about it. And we looked at each other and we're like, this is what it is. Like we can't hold on to our home. We can't hold on to our cars. We can't hold on to any of these material things. Like we have to live open palmed because it's not ours to begin with. All of this will turn to dust one day. So when we moved into our house, this was the first house that we've lived in that we had not built together in our marriage. And so there were so many things about it that we were just like, oh my gosh, we have to change these floors. We need to change these countertops. We need to, you know, all of these different things are obviously all cosmetic. And so we started saving. And so we said, okay, because everything we do, we pay cash for. So we started saving for these things. And we saved the money. We had the money. We were ready to go. And literally, we both just had this weight on us. Like, okay, this is not what God wants us to do. Like, this is not what we're called to do right now. And again, I had people thinking I was just plum crazy. You know, like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. It's just countertops. Well, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. But if I'm living outside God's will, then that is a big deal. And as little as that is, you know, to some people, that's a big deal in the grand scheme of things. So I was telling Liv, um, I had heard a, a sermon on the radio earlier today, and they'd been, it was the story of Joseph, and it pretty much what it was talking about is you can be in the middle of a storm and be in the middle of a bad scenario, but if you're in the will of God, then you're exactly where you should be. You may be going through something crazy or whatever. If you're living open palmed and saying, God, I'm still yours, he's going to honor that. And again, that doesn't mean he's going to give you all your wants and all the desires of your heart and the beautiful countertops and those wonderful fresh new floors and all of that kind of stuff. But what it does promise is that we get him and that's good enough. Like he is enough. Yes, I agree. Amen. So for me, we have been more recently to the game. <laughs> I guess you've been, you're seasoned and I'm learning. Still struggling though. Still struggling. <laughs> I still want my countertops. Gorgeous. <laughs> so for me, my husband had a horrible job. It provided well, but mm-hmm. it mentally, it drained him. It was I don't think he's, he's the kind of person you'll get to know him more because we're, I'm going to do a podcast with him. He is the type of person. He always has a smile on his face. Mm-hmm. He's always happy. You always say, Hey Drew, how's your day? It's the best day ever. Like he's like, <laughs> he's just an adventurous, hyper positive, mm-hmm. happy person. And I'm embracing it along so well. Cause yeah, they're like the exact same person. They are. They are. Mm-hmm. It's really true. It's kind of, it's really kind of funny. Basically he had this job that was horribly stressful it was not life-giving. It was a toxic work environment, mm-hmm. very unhealthy work environment. And I saw it depress him. When my son was about a year old, I started my own business. And he was very supportive in that. And he still had this awful job. And when I started my own business, I started realizing how life-giving it is when you do something you love. Mm-hmm. And I really started wanting that for him. Mm-hmm. And we have been praying off and on you know, for years, he'd had this job for four years. We've been praying throughout, like, do you want us him to apply somewhere else? And, um, so basically we kept feeling that he wasn't supposed to apply anywhere. Like this is where God has you right now. Mm-hmm. Don't understand it. We don't like it, but this is where he has us. So like, okay. And so I, you know, told Drew just 
just check in with God. Like, I'm going to submit to you and your leadership and what you feel God's leading you to do. So I just would love for you to check in with him like once a week and just mm-hmm. say, God, do you still have me here? God, do you, do you want me to apply anywhere? You know, just, mm-hmm. you know, so he did that faithfully. And then he made a list, 10 to 15 things, a list of things that he really wanted out of a job. We took that to the Lord. We prayed over it. We had just gotten pregnant with our second. He met this wonderful, godly man who owned his own practice, and he met him through his current horrible job. Mm-hmm. And it was just amazing how God just orchestrates everything, right? Mm-hmm. Like he even used that horrible oh, yeah. experience, that horrible, you know, work environment. And it took about six months for him to phase out of his other job and mm-hmm. phase into this new job. And it was a, it's a, you eat what you kill type job. So there's no, mm-hmm. I mean, same, same as you, it's commission, it's commission, mm-hmm. whatever you bring in, there's no guaranteed clients. You gotta go get them. So that's a little scary with both of us owning our own businesses mm-hmm. and also being pregnant with a second child. Every single thing on that list was met and fulfilled in this job. And we knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that this was the answer mm-hmm. that God had provided. And so I told him, if God wants us here, then I don't want to be anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Just like what you said, I want to be in step with the will of God, mm-hmm. even if it's hard. And we moved over and we hadn't even actually, he hadn't officially even started. I think it was his last week at his old job. And I got a notice. I had done something. I did the finances and I was pregnant and baby brain and did something funky with the, the account. And basically we did not, we were overdraft like 30 bucks or something like that. We had the money. I just hadn't transferred it in mm-hmm. to the accounts. Mm-hmm. And I had a panic attack and I met with my mentor and she, her and her husband also own their own businesses. And she met with me and said, it's the, the word I have for you is manna for today. God will provide what you need when you need it. But that phrase is what carried me through. Mm-hmm. And it was really, it's been really hard. We have had, there was a period of three months when I was delivering our second child that we made not even a single penny. So that was a little hard. And then we had to get our roof replaced. Mm-hmm. Insurance covers obviously most of that, mm-hmm. but we had a very large deductible to meet. And within two days they were going to be done and they needed the full balance and we did not have it. And I prayed it's the only thing I need to do. And I just said, God, this, you said you would meet our needs. This is now a need. Like they need the money in two days. We have credit card bills that are due in two days as well and mortgage mm-hmm. and we don't have it. We, we need you to provide. Hours. Exactly. You have 48 hours. You're on the clock. And so, um, within those two days, we not only had the money for the roof, but we had $100 left over in our account. But it was exactly what we need. And mm-hmm. I like what you were saying, sometimes it's down to the penny of what mm-hmm. you need. And I think God does that. He can obviously provide an abundance. Mm-hmm. He can do anything he want. Owns the cattle on a thousand hills, right? Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes he does just what you need to show you, hey, I hear you. I see you. I know exactly what your bill says. I know exactly what your account says. And I know exactly what you need. Mm-hmm. This is what you need. And I'm going to prove to you that I'm faithful. Mm-hmm. And then I can do it. And then I'm trustworthy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's been really great. But it's still, you know, even sometimes mm-hmm. on a month-to-month or every other month thing where we're having to, okay, God, we choose to trust you. We mm-hmm. choose to trust you. And when I say that in my prayer every night with my son. We love you, Lord. We choose to trust you because... Mm-hmm. You have to say it over and over sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, it's hard. So practically then, how do we live with open hands? 
personally, from experience, I feel that the the key obviously is to press into the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when you do press in, you do walk forward in obedience, mm-hmm. that he blesses you, not necessarily monetarily, but with his presence, like you mm-hmm. said, with more of him. Mm-hmm. And that comes with peace, joy, love, light. I mean, everything that he is, he blesses you yeah. with his presence. It's like that true peace that just passes all understanding. Yes. You don't even understand. You think, oh my gosh, I should totally be like in a world of worry and frustration and you know why isn't this going my way but really you're just so thankful and you're like gosh I've just got a piece that I don't even understand at this moment mm-hmm. but he does and I love that you said that like how he he will provide almost to the penny mm-hmm. and just to kind of show off and show how mm-hmm. awesome he really is like that he's got this and I think we forget sometimes how big God is. We want to put him in a box and say, okay, God, well, if you can just do this. But really, he could give you an abundantly more. But he knows our hearts, too. And he knows where we are. And I think a lot of times it's a building of our faith, too. Mm-hmm. And honestly, there are a lot of times that I've needed that where we have been in a situation where it's like, okay, so we had to pay cash for all of our children because we did not have maternity insurance. Mm. So we would have to make these payments off and on throughout the pregnancy and I remember we had one coming up and I kept telling Bryson hey we've got this bill that we're gonna have to pay we're gonna have to pay we're gonna have to pay and he's like okay all right it'll be fine it'll be good I'm like okay great like and so you know I'm not worrying about it but at the same time like okay Lord like I know you're really building our faith right now because you've told us this is where we're supposed to be so you're gonna provide every penny yeah and it's so cool because I mean he could literally (laughs) be like you know what I saved you and you don't trust me (laughs) Whatever, I'm done with you. Yeah. I mean, literally, he could do that. But he doesn't. He's, okay, I'm going to give you these reasons throughout mm-hmm. your day mm-hmm. to, so that you know I'm trustworthy. Mm-hmm. And he keeps giving us opportunities to, to see his trustworthiness. Mm-hmm. And so, I, like you said, building your faith. And I just think that's really gracious mm-hmm. of him. The other thing I would say as far as practically living with open hands, staying in step with the Spirit. That's literally seeking him and just praying about everything, every Mm -hmm. decision. The prayer that Drew and I continue to pray is, Lord, help us to be good stewards of the money and resources Mm -hmm. that you blessed us with. They are yours, not ours. Mm -hmm. Tell us what you want us to do with them. And that is hard. Make sure that you are where you're supposed to be. And again, it's not going, it's not always going to be easy. Yes, there may be moments where you're like, oh my gosh, this was so great. And he just aligned everything perfectly. And yes, there will most likely be those moments, but there will also be those times of, okay, this is really hard and this is not going the way I thought it was going to go. And, you know, you're going to have those moments of struggle and even doubt. And those are the moments you really have to press in and say, okay, Lord, everything I have is yours. Every decision I make, everything I say and do today, I need you to guide my steps. And one of my favorite verses is Psalm 143. But it's a Lord bring me word of your unfailing love. Show me the way I should go for to you I lift up my soul and it's like guide my steps like show me where I should go what I should be doing right now Even in the smallest of things every little decision that you make Mm -hmm. truly saying okay God This is yours. It's not my decision because when we become Christians our life is no longer our own Mm -hmm. our life is his Mm -hmm. and so we have to make sure that we truly are Seeking him and asking for his will and not ours surrendering Mm -hmm. in every moment good work and realizing that We are vessels. We are here Mm -hmm. to to display his glory Mm -hmm. Period yeah (laughs) to bring him glory. So the verse that I want to leave with is Psalm 37 25 
where David says, I have never seen the righteous forsaken. And I just, I love that bold declaration from a man who was hiding in a cave for many years. Mm -hmm. Circumstances weren't great. (laughs) People were seeking to kill him. (laughs) And yet he makes this statement that the righteous have never been forsaken by their Lord. When you press in, when you obey, Mm -hmm. he always comes through. He is faithful. Mm -hmm. Anyway, just be encouraged that when you press in and obey him, uh, when you seek him, when you seek to please him and to bring glory to him, Mm -hmm. then he will never forsake you. So thank you, Jessica. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I love this conversation and I love this specific word. Next time, uh, we're going to do Living with Open Hands Part 2. And that is going to be really dealing with safety of our loved ones and specifically our children. So stay tuned and thank you for listening. You have been prayed for. 